0: Hey, Jake, I just got back from Japan. Wait, what? Really? You didn't even tell me you were over here. Oh, shoot. I thought there was something I forgot to do while I was there. That's it. <sighs> All right.
1: Well, how about you just like tell me what you did over the podcast? How about that?
2: Uh, yeah, that
0: works. So uh, listen up, everybody. Welcome back, everyone, to Region Unlocked. My name's Cameron. And my name is Jake. And today's a very special episode. A hundred episodes in the making, really. And that is, as you know, Jake lives in Japan. He's been gone for like three years. I don't live in Japan. But last week, I was in Japan. And now I'm back. And I'm going to tell you all about it.
1: Oh, yeah. And I'm excited to talk about this with you, Cameron, because if you haven't guessed, maybe a few seconds ago, that was actually a joke. Cameron (laughs) actually did visit me, and uh, we did meet up, um, because that was definitely something we had to do, of course. Let's Uh, be honest. (laughs) I mean, I was with you the whole time, so yes. Yeah, definitely. So uh, that might even be an understatement, Um, but (laughs) uh, it was really, really awesome. We had some awesome adventures, and I'm really excited to talk about... Uh, all of this with you as well. But first, because uh, you have since returned to the States, Cameron, what has been up since your uh,
0: time being back? Uh, this week it has actually kind of been rough. I really miss being over there. And it always happens in travels. When you're a long way from home for an extended period of time, you just get homesick. It's like, oh, I miss my bed. I miss the comfort of my couch and, and my dog being nearby and now that i'm back i just i wish i was back in japan and it was just an awesome trip and part of one thing i've been doing this week to to stay connected is i started watching demon slayer on netflix and it's been a long time since i've watched a legit anime and i don't know if they all stick to this cliche but this show Slows down the action so much by just squaring off and just hearing their inner thoughts, and it drives me crazy. <laughs> yes, they just because I know in Dragon Ball Z they'd stretch out a fight like four episodes, and I just thought that was a Dragon Ball Z cliche, but nope Demon Slayer does it too, where <laughs> they just they just square off, you hear their thoughts, and I just finished one where these two demons show up outside the house he's laying low in the, the one with the, the arms and the balls and the one with the arrow (laughs) eyes. (laughs) So there's like one episode where they show up another episode where they kind of start fighting and then he kills one right at the end. And then it just ends. And then, then he fights the other one and that takes the whole episode. It's like, that didn't need to take that long.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. And it's actually very much an anime thing. Yeah. It's uh, definitely something that you see a lot of. Um, The focus, I learned this uh, a little while ago from one of my Japanese friends, the focus on Western action versus Japanese action. Japanese focuses on tableaus, like shots of things. Mm -hmm. Like, let's make a shot look amazing. Whereas Mm. Western media focuses more on, let's make the movement look interesting. Hmm. So you will see a lot of just zoom-ins on your face, like in anime. And a lot of that just takes way too long than it should. And you see it a lot <laughs> in movies as well. Just like shots of people hmm. and what they're thinking. And that's it. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> that, that definitely makes a sense.
1: Japanese thing. Yeah. But that's awesome that you've been watching that. Um, I've also been missing you as well. Uh, you know, when you've been staying here this whole time, it's like, okay, you get used to having someone around and going back to an empty apartment after uh, dropping you off at the airport, it's like, oh okay back to real life i'm sad now (laughs) no more vacationing and touring the country uh it's okay it's 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 life and uh, things have been all right um over here uh, as well just going back to school it's been great seeing the kids again and talking to my fellow colleagues just been kind of casually going about life yeah it's been all right good
2: good Mm -hmm.
0: so let's get into it all right Last week, me and my wife, Lindsay, we went to go stay with Jake in his tiny apartment, which was <laughs> a great time. Uh, your apartment is perfect for one person, uh, not so much three people. And it got a little cramped, but hey, we got out of there a little bit of the time. Went to Osaka, went to Kyoto, gotten some hotels, but man... I don't know where to start. I guess, obviously, let's just start. Let's, let's go through the week. What did we do? And what did I learn? How do I feel? Things like that. Let's do it. So the first day we were there, we went to Asakusa. Jake, can you tell us a little bit about what the significance of that area is?
1: Yeah. So Asakusa is a big district of uh, uh, Tokyo, and there are some temples there. And some more traditional architecture, as well as a lot of like uh, touristy things like Mm -hmm. food stalls and shops and stuff. But it's one of the places that is really neat to see because of its history. Uh, It's got some very old buildings, and one of the big focal points of Asakusa is uh, its giant gates with. Uh, each one having a very large paper lantern in the middle mm-hmm. that's sponsored by a very big company, usually, um, every so often when it's replaced. And uh, there's also names of uh, different sponsors on the uh, lanterns itself, although it's got a very traditional look to it. Okay. So the the big thing is walking underneath it and getting a picture next to it because it's kind of a unique sight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, there's like a gigantic like foot sandal hanging up on one of the uh, <laughs> gates as well. Right. Another part just to see but um it has become kind of a very touristy area yeah. and a place that you have to get your picture in front of like i say have to in the fact that like even japanese people go there to get their picture yeah it's just it's more of a traditional part of tokyo and one of the big things about the temple there is uh, every new year like right on the dot of the new year you're supposed to go into the temple uh, after you've waited in this eight hour long line that stretches to like the other side of the city oh and essentially make a wish there. And that's like the place to make your new year's wish for um, prosperity or whatever you w- would like in life. Mm-hmm. And I remember going there for one new year's uh, event, oh, and yeah? it was really cool. The, the line was obviously very impossible to get into, but it was just nice being there because mm-hmm. the moment it hit 2020, Ironically enough, there were uh, uh, fireworks and everything. It was just really, really cool. Hmm. And I got pictures and videos of being at Asakusa the second that it hit 2020. So, if you thought it was crowded, when you guys came, <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow, it That's was really a madhouse. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So. so, yes, it was uh, very crowded while we were there. We had the misfortune of being just in Japan when everyone was on spring break. And I knew that going into it, and luckily, I don't know any better. I've got nothing to compare it to, and <laughs> it was just busy, busy everywhere we went. but this was a cool start to the trip, seeing something very historical and uh very authentic to my vision of Japan, essentially mm-hmm. uh I really liked as much <laughs> as much as, as I didn't want to actually buy the things people are selling. I liked the kind of the streets just lined with vendors. And this was something we saw in multiple places throughout Japan. It's just kind of a a style to their shops, I guess. Mm -hmm. And uh, got a a nice, like, grilled crab meat kebab. Mm. And that was really good. From there, a lot of people, when they think of Japan, they think of the nerdy stuff, the video games. And we ended that day with going to Akihibara, which is... What has been tremendously hyped in my mind forever of just like, this is the peak, this is technological Japan, this is where the nerds live, and it's where I'm gonna feel at home. Um, didn't quite feel that way, (laughs) so do tell. Yeah, Akihibara was interesting, it does have what I was thinking. And I guess in terms of of video games and and nerdy things, but it just felt kind of run down and tacky. It it just kind (laughs) of had this vibe to it that like, that like the rest of Japan does not actually care about Akihabara. It's there for the weebs and the people who, uh, I guess, you know, just go there with a purpose. They know what they're looking for. And, Actually, this is probably what ruined the experience for me, is just how big I am. And Mm. I I was not expecting how tight those shops and staircases were going to be where, uh, you know, it's been a rainy day. I'm in my coat, got my backpack. I'm just like hunching together, trying to fit past these people. And luckily, like there's a courtesy of people trying to get around each other and not getting in each other's way. But there's at some point, I think we we're at Super Potato, like up on the second floor, mm-hmm. just trying to squeeze through these tiny aisles where like I felt like anxiety attack kind of coming on. Where it was just so claustrophobic and hot in my coat. Where it's just like, I gotta get out of here. I this is this is awful. I need to get out right now. And uh on top of that, we actually didn't find as much video game stuff as I wanted there. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. impressed with the selections and also just on the streets. It's like every 10 feet, you've got a girl in her maid outfit handing out flyers to go to their maid cafe. And you don't see that anywhere else in Japan, or at least not in this frequency that you see there. And it just made the whole place feel gross. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: it's got a very specific, um, I guess, demographic Yeah, that it appeals to for sure. You know, to be honest, when we went when I was there with you guys, it it was it was disappointing to me as well cuz like yes, I'd been there many times and like it's gotten to the point now where it's kind of what I expect and I don't really know mm-hmm. you, you know the the novelty has worn off, so I I don't really know uh, how exciting it's actually supposed to be. But it, it was disappointing even when I was there because I had not gone for a little while. Mhm. So there were a lot of tourists, like an exceptional amount. And it was extremely crowded compared to normal. So basically, everything seemed picked clean. Like the Mm -hmm. selections at the video game stores were not nearly as good as they had been in the past. Uh, So that was kind of annoying (laughs) uh, as well. And on top of that, there were some closed down shops that were not there since the last time I was there, mm. which was also sad. Like, just for nerdy stuff, like video game figurines, like I wanted to see what kind of new Mario stuff I could find. Mm. I will say, unfortunately, it, it, it has gotten a little um, less exciting since 2020 happens. Before that, it was a lot cooler. A lot of stuff has, has shut down. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sorry that the experience did not live up to your hype.
0: Um, oh, hey, don't worry about it. Let's talk <laughs> other video game stuff. Let's do it. So th- throughout the trip, I-, I did load up. I had initially set the goal for myself to like, I'm just, I want to grab the Japanese version of a few of my favorites. Grab like Super Mario 64, Banjo-Kazooie, Ocarina of Time, and I, I got to get Debutsu Namori, which is the Japanese version of Animal Crossing on N64 was where it initially came out. So I was like, oh, I got to get that cart. And then I get over there and start seeing all the prices on these games. And their condition, everything is in such great condition. Every, it's so well taken care of. So many boxed versions of games as well. And they're dirt cheap. I didn't understand. So <laughs> any, any used N64 game, base level is starting like $20. Like yeah. the cheapest games, they're going to be $20 and then up from there. The base price for games in Japan was 480 yen, which roughly translates to about $4. If that. <laughs> I know. I couldn't believe it. So I think I now have more Japanese cartridges than American ones. Because I grabbed <laughs> some for games that I don't even have the American version of. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do with it. Uh, just display them all, I guess. But I did also get myself a Golden in 64 swallowlows over there, oh it's a beauty, and it's in great condition great condition like i I could have searched all over eBay for something like that, and I doubt it would have been as nice as this one was it's a beautiful system it is there there's just a a lot of availability of seemingly rare things there and and well taken care of, so I was very impressed with that, and I guess just to uh to tell anyone who would ever travel to Japan. The place we got most of these games was Book Off. (laughs) So Book Off is just kind of like a Barnes and Noble type thing. Yep. But they have video games and they had a ton of old ones everywhere you go. And so there's one day where we just kind of bounced around like four different Book Offs and I just loaded up. There you go.
1: (laughs) And there's some inside information. A lot of tourists probably don't know about that yet. So use that uh, information wisely. Mm -hmm. Go to the, the book-off store chain to get your used
0: video games. Yeah. Don't it, tell anyone I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and the dollar is just so strong at the moment. Or the yen is that weak. Either way, <laughs> even Lindsay, she hadn't really splurged on anything. And we were standing in a book-off. And I had made mention of um, a Switch light in the cases. <laughs> and it's just like, man, I love those Switch lights. I know I don't need one. I just think they look cool and they're so cheap here because, you know, a brand new one costs $200 here. Mm-hmm. And they had these, you know, pristine condition used ones still like with the box that were going for like like 140 or or that equivalent in yen. And yeah. So then also subtract the dollar strength and it ended up being like 110 bucks. <laughs> and so Lindsay's like, well, I'd love to, start a brand new animal crossing Island. And so she grabbed that and a used copy of animal crossing for just so cheap. It is awesome. Japan has your games nerds. If you want to go get some good stuff, it is there. I mean, you can't understand it if it's the old (laughs) games, (laughs) but you know, the new stuff is region free. So it doesn't matter. I picked up Mm -hmm. a used copy of Metroid dread, which ended up costing me about $20. And Oof. just pop that in my <laughs> Switch, and it's it just defaults to English because that's my system settings. Don't even have to mess with anything. So great success. I brought I'll a say. whole empty suitcase for souvenirs and packed it with video games. And it all made it home safely, luckily. That is awesome. I'm super happy to hear that. Yes. And Jake had me bring his orange GameCube back, and it is safe, yes. Jake. It made it home. Okay. Awesome. Feel free to display it if you want. You <laughs> know. Oh, I will. I will. It's gorgeous. Uh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm glad you enjoyed that. That was. Uh, that was. That was quite the uh, trip. That you ended up with some amazing collection uh, collectibles with
0: Anz. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, but we'll say we them. we did not see much GameCube stuff for some reason. Oh yeah. yeah so much in sixty four, but not a lot of GameCube. That was hard to find. And uh grabbed what mm-hmm. I could when I found it. But I didn't even see like many consoles for sale. And of those mm-hmm. consoles, I did not see a single orange one. Yeah, that's interesting. It's weird because
1: like there was a lot of PS2. PS2 was just like off the walls, off the mm-hmm. charts, mm-hmm. I should say, everywhere. GameCube was like, if you ever found GameCube games at any of those stores, they would be either be behind glass or like yeah. it, three in a tiny
0: little corner. Like, what's the deal with that? (laughs) (laughs) Which I I think is also funny because, yes, it is behind glass, but it's still not that expensive. Like, at (laughs) that Super Potato where we found Metroid Prime, Mm. uh, I didn't end up buying it because I had already spent so much at this point in the trip. It was basically the equivalent of, like, $35, but it was behind (laughs) glass, where... (laughs) anything behind glass at a game store here is going to be like at least a hundred bucks. Yeah. Well, you know,
1: when when you come back, you'll have to get Metroid prime. Yeah, Yeah, I'll do it (laughs) for sure.
0: All right. So let's move on. That's, I mean, that's uh that's day one Mm -hmm. on top of all of our video game stuff. So day two, we tried out Kura Sushi, which was a oh, yeah. new experience for me. And what that is is a chain of sushi restaurants kind of all over Japan where the sushi just comes by on a conveyor belt. You just sit in your booth, grab what you want off the belt, and then drop your plates in a little chute, and it counts up all your plates. And that's what you pay on the way out. And again, so cheap compared to sushi over here. And it was just a lot of fun. We we didn't end up eating at three Kura sushis while we were there, which it did kinda lose its novelty the third time. Where it's just like, Okay, I'm hungry, I'm tired. Give me my sushi. But, but the first time is really, really cool. Yeah. It's
1: satisfied, right? <laughs> oh yeah. That's uh, so cheap for what you can get. And, you know, on top of that, you can custom order your sushi, of course, that gets Mm -hmm. delivered to you right away or as soon as possible via the tablet. That was really cool as well. If you wanted something fresh or something unique. Yeah, the the sushi is all like under these little domes for, I guess, sanitary reasons. And they don't, and you can't get it unless you pop the dome open. And after you pop it open, it doesn't close again. So you have to take it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I might eat there more often now because, like, I remember how awesome it was. But just being there with a group was mm-hmm. even better. <laughs> just oh, yeah. trying fun. out all these different sushis. Yeah. Jake ate blowfish. Yes. And lived to tell the tale. I ate some fugu. It was amazing. Yes. I mean,
0: it if tasted you... like fish. <laughs> it's probably no better than salmon. <laughs> so, if you don't know that fugu is, if you don't prepare it right, it'll kill you. That's that's bluefish for you. Yes. Yeah, I figure if they've got it on the menu, they probably haven't had too many lawsuits, so. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good point. All right, so from there, we had a pretty cool day where we went to Team Lab first. Team Lab Planets, I think it was called, or something like that. Yep. And Team Lab, you might have seen something about this on just your social medias. It's a big influencer location because it is this... Incredible immersive art experience and is ruined by the amount of people there. Where <laughs> I can't imagine what that would be like to walk through by yourself. It'd be like an out of body experience. I feel like that was just so cool. It was awesome. We we're just walking through these weird exhibits, essentially, mm-hmm. with this music playing in the background that actually sounds a lot like the end music to Superliminal. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a lot of what I was thinking while I was playing that. Or (laughs) while I was walking through that. And (laughs) it's just, uh, how do you quite describe it?
1: There's like, it's like an organic experience.
0: Yeah. There's these rooms you walk through where you're walking through water. And Mm -hmm. that was probably my favorite one, actually, where there's one you come into and it's knee-deep water. Mm -hmm. and the entire perimeter of the room is surrounded in mirrors so it just kind of looks infinite and on the water are these projections of like flowers and koi swimming around you it's just so freaking cool
1: yeah and the water itself it's like kind of like uh it was kind of like translucent almost like a milky white Mm, yeah so like that's what made the projections really stand out like it was supposed to be milky white like um like uh, kind of cloudy
2: yeah, and
1: it caught the color really nice. So every time mm-hmm. they changed like to red, the whole surface would become red. That's all you mm-hmm. could see. Or the whole surface would become purple. And just wading through that and it was nice and warm. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was. Yeah, just that was really cool. And before that, you'd, you'd like walk up a waterfall. Yeah. That one was really fun. A good, uh, I guess, start to the journey. Mm-hmm. So like you're walking in the water and that just made you feel really cool. Yeah, I mean,
0: literally. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, honestly, I don't want to tell people any more about it. I know mm-hmm. it might be a reach to say, oh, they might go to Japan and do it because that is quite quite the journey. But if mm-hmm. you're ever in Japan, you do need to go check this out. Mm-hmm. And I highly recommend like they they say in the beginning, like they want you to record. They want you to to take all these pictures and post it. I say don't. I was kind of frustrated with how distracted I was with trying to film things. Just be in that moment. No one needs to see your footage. Mm -hmm. It's all on YouTube if you want to go see it. And it's weird to describe art like this. It's just something that needs to be experienced. And it was wonderful. Again, I hate that tickets... I I looked it up. Tickets are like $25. Mm -hmm. And... It's like, wait, is there like a $100 option where I can go in with way less people, maybe after hours? <laughs> but no, there's no other ticket options. It's just that general admission.
1: I guess the recommendation here would be do some research on when it's going to be busy. So yeah, but go at, during the week. There's it's not no a data
0: on that right now, is there? Because you know, uh, the country's <laughs> just now reopened. Yeah, I have no idea. So yeah,
1: if you can experience it in its uh, purest form, do it. Like. Mm-hmm get a chance to
0: and yeah again don't bother trying to record it so from there we went to sky tree the giant tower in tokyo which you say is like the tallest tower it's yeah i
1: think it's the tallest um freestanding tower in the world and like the second or third tallest structure
0: in the world okay and it shows it is Mm -hmm. massive yeah and the elevator goes up Crazy fast! I could not believe how yeah. quick you get to the top. Mm-hmm. So this was a very cool experience because we went there basically to check it off our list. We had no plan to try to make sure that we were there during perfect weather, because as Jake has said, if when it's a perfect day, there's a line out the door to get in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And since it was overcast, it was it was nighttime, it was cloudy, and we just wanted to go up get some food that's up in the cafe and just be there. It's like, I don't care if we can't see anything. Let's just, (laughs) let's just do it. And so we walk in, there's no line. We just grab our tickets. I know you were like blown away. Like I've never seen, there's no one here. And yeah. The
1: the attendant (laughs) even warned us, you can't see anything. There was a live projection of what Mm -hmm. you could see up there of the view. And it was just completely blank, like completely cloudy. There was nothing.
0: So, we go up, and yeah, it's just like we might as well be surrounded by gray wall because mm-hmm. you can't see anything. We we sit down at our cafe, get our food, and every once in a while, like a little spot kind of opens up in the clouds. It's like, oh, we, you can kind of see that road down there. And then like that, the whole sky cleared up, and it was just beautiful, perfect clarity, seeing miles and miles of Tokyo and... After that, it started getting real busy. I think people noticed and started coming up as quick as they could. (laughs) But we just, we had our spot overlooking it and it was just magical. And so fortunate that that happened. It's true. We got that spot in the cafe.
1: We're sitting there with our food, relaxed and content, staring out at the entirety of the Tokyo skyline Mm -hmm. on the top of one of the world's tallest structures and we like, we had that spot and it was, it, it felt like to me, rainbow road on one of the newer consoles. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You look down and see that cityscape cause it was night at this point mm-hmm. and everything was lit up and glowing and beautiful. Like the rivers, the boats in the rivers, it's, it's hard to describe. Just, mm-hmm. it was just nice. Yeah.
0: I, I can't believe that happened. That was so
1: cool. Tokyo like Sky Tree that exceeded expectations 500%. <laughs> yeah,
0: yep. All right, so the next day was a very important day. We went to Shibuya to go to the Nintendo store. The Nintendo store is great, it's smaller than I expected. But we got there a little before it opened, waited in line, and just got to go straight in. It's just really cool. It's just, I didn't buy a lot, but it's just nice being in there. They had a lot of displays of uh, the characters kind of just standing up with some of their franchise products surrounding those characters. Uh, They had games in there you could buy. But really, you just go for the stuff that is special to that, like unique to that store that says Tokyo on it. Uh, I ended up getting a bunch of Mario fridge magnets. Those look really good. Got them on my fridge. I got a exclusive Zelda sweatshirt that is pretty nice. I do think it's a little too small for me, but oh well. It doesn't look like it. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, it looks great. And uh, just like a few other small things, a deck of cards or something. I know Lindsay ended up buying a lot more Animal Crossing stuff. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff that, that she liked and does look really cool. I, I liked the aesthetic of all the Animal Crossing things. I think I did buy a, like a, a tumbler that's got like Navi or I guess not Navi, but just a bunch of fairies and the bottom of it is all blue. It looks like a little fairy pool <laughs> and that was pretty cool. What, did you get anything? I'm trying to
1: think. I don't remember. I don't think I did. This is bad that I can't even remember what I got. I've gotten so much from there already. <laughs> yeah. Um, what really impressed me about this trip was the fact that we just walked in. Normally, when mm-hmm. you go there, you have to like get a ticket right at the gate or um, right at the entrance of the store because they do cap the number of people that can be in there. It does mm-hmm. get kind of encroaching, and you can like usually go in at whatever time is stated on the ticket. Yeah. Often hours later from where you uh, from when you get there, mm-hmm. but in this instance. Both sides were open. You could go go in from both sides and there was not like anyone there.
0: It was amazing. It was, I mean, it was a Monday morning. So maybe that's why it was a little less busy. But other than that, it was expensive. I will say that I was very surprised at how expensive some of this stuff was. But I mean, it's worth it. It's vacation. Hmm. But For for someone who's not on vacation, like it's a lot of splurging. And I I saw people Mm -hmm. doing some major splurging in there. Other than that, there's like the Pokemon shop, which I was a little disappointed with. They didn't have really anything I wanted. Mm. Uh, The shirt maker was cool where you could just kind of like customize your own shirt, but still it's like, "Eh, I don't want to spend 40 bucks on this custom shirt. It's like, I don't like Pokemon (laughs) enough to wear it. But anyway, that was really cool. Uh, We got some great ramen after that. I really loved all the ramen we had there, but this ramen was pretty darn good. Yeah. And from there, we uh, got on the bullet train, the Shinkansen, and went to Osaka. Because in Osaka, what's in Osaka, Jake? All kinds of awesome things. One of which was Universal Studios Japan. Yeah. Universal, to go to see Super, or I guess, is it called Super Nintendo Land? Yes. I think it's called Super Nintendo Land. Yeah. Which is, it's really just Mario Land. Oh, Super Nintendo World. Sorry. Oh, right, right, right. So we got in there at like eight, right when it opened. Yep. And this was their busiest day of the year. And the (laughs) lines just to get in were enormous. And here I was thinking like, yeah, we'll get there early and we'll be like the first ones there. No, that was so naive. We, we weren't even that early. <laughs> we were just there before it <laughs> opened. So huge crowd to get in. I, this might be a good time to just talk about. One thing I loved so much is just the people, the respect, the kindness and order that everyone has here. I just, I can't believe it. I can't understand it. Like why it exists. I was just thinking all these nice organized lines waiting to get in. No one's cutting. No one's yelling at each other. And just thinking if if this was the universal back home, like it'd just be chaos. Everyone packed together, trying to be the first one in the gate, just being a-holes essentially. Yeah. This trip made me just really hate being around white people. <laughs> in Japan at least. Because uh, <laughs> they're obnoxious. So why is that? Why do you think?
1: Why do you think that, or what well, do why, I think the. Why is the population order?
0: so kind?
1: That's something that goes back a really long time. Like yeah. it's kind of embedded in the Japanese uh, culture to be considerate to yeah. those around um, everyone. And that's actually something that we teach. At our schools, uh, like Japanese philosophy versus Western philosophy, we, mm-hmm. we teach both of them. Western philosophy is being like self-expression, individualism, mm-hmm. and Japanese philosophy, consideration, moderation, you know, that kind of thing. So, like, yeah. it's just the whole group mentality. Um, it's not about the individual. It's about the group. How can we make a harmonious group? So, it's just, it's just gone back for so long that yeah. um, you know, it's just part of the way people live
0: yeah and i was thinking just with the sheer size or i guess population size Mm -hmm. tokyo can't it it can't work if it was a bunch of americans like it (laughs) needs that politeness or it will not function yeah you're right and everyone's so you're right so packed
1: together you have Mm -hmm. to be considerate of everyone Hmm. you know it's like when you're on the train sardines like we were a few times you, you just you have to accept it and like Know that everyone's there being sardine together, and there's no point in complaining. <laughs> let's get back to the point. Universal so,
0: Studios. <laughs> we get to Universal at eight, and we immediately get our ticket for Nintendo World, and we can't get in until seven thirty that night. So it's and like, all right, let's. You so, can't get on. that
1: time ticket, which is a time ticket by the way. Like yeah. a, the, it's only uh, divvied out to a certain number of people until your ticket is scanned at the gate to get in the park. Mm -hmm. So, like, you did that as soon as we got in, right?
0: Yeah. I stepped in. It was probably, by the time we got in, it was probably 8.15. The second I stepped in, I hit, get me that ticket, and it says, all right, 7.30 is the slot. And we didn't have much more time after that. So, we had to kill some time in Universal, and it was fun. It felt very American. And that was one weird (laughs) thing about it is, like, oh, this just feels like being at a theme park back home. Yeah, so it felt like (laughs) everyone else was the tourist but I was not because it just felt so American it's celebrating so many of our movies and it it was just interesting Uh, (laughs) we spent a lot of time in the Harry Potter zone went on those rides and that was fun got some good food there and then we rode the Jaws ride which was really cool very fun ride which I think only exists in the Japan one now I think the US yeah. one, they, they repurposed it. Uh, one fun thing that we noticed about all the Japanese people there is that so many, if not almost everyone, buys the things, buys the headwear. And uh-huh. I don't know if I've seen that here at home <laughs> where everyone was wearing like a Mario thing, like A Mario hat, the Bowser hat, or Snoopy thing, or a Jaws head, or a T-Rex head. Like, Mm -hmm. everyone comes in and hits those shops and buys the wearable souvenirs. And I I took some video of just, like, everyone in line, and it's like more than half the people around us was all wearing something. And I just thought that was so interesting. It's like, they come in and it's like, all right, I'm ready to be immersed in this day. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe it's that community mindset of like, oh, we're all a part of something. We're all wearing these silly hats together. Yeah, there's like
1: no embarrassment. Everyone from all walks of life is wearing something flashy and funny and fun,
0: Yeah, you know? So that was really exciting. <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe right. that's, that goes with what you're saying about is an opportunity for individualism, right? So it's oh, everyone yeah. like, let me express myself. Let me get my my hat. It doesn't matter yeah, it, that everyone else is doing it too, but I'm doing it, you know?
1: in a style of theme park that's very american which you're right felt very normal to us but probably very exotic for a lot of the people that live around there
2: Mm -hmm.
1: oh we also saw water world remember that one dude water world was
0: great that was a good show we're talking about the stunt show by the way not the movie i've never seen the movie (laughs) i've heard it's real bad the show was a lot of fun even though i couldn't understand anything they were really saying i got it from context it was fun Mm -hmm. all right so let's talk nintendo Mm -hmm. We get to go in. The music is just kind of swelling around you. It sounds so nice. it's, It's dark out, and it's all lit up. You walk through the warp pipe, come out into Peach's Castle, walk through Peach's Castle, and then just see pure immersion into the Mario world just completely surrounding you. And especially being night, you can't see anything beyond this area that you're in. And I was just blown away. This was so freaking cool to walk into this. And overall, I think that is the best part of Super Nintendo World is just being in it. That is the best part. That's because there's not actually a lot to do. Hmm. A lot of it most of it is based off of getting those wrist straps and playing the games where you hit the boxes. None of that just looked any fun to me. (laughs) So (laughs) we didn't end up buying the wrist straps and I'm glad we didn't because it was just a lot of, it would have been a lot of waiting in these little lines behind kids. Yep. It felt just very kid-like, but the main attraction there being the Mario Kart ride, is Mm -hmm. very cool as you walk into the bowser's castle and just see all of this decoration and again immersion where it just felt awesome to be walking through this castle and and seeing all these things ultimately the ride itself was a letdown in my opinion just because there was too much going on and it didn't feel very fast like i would have more just liked a game that felt like you were in a race. Like if it was a coaster that, you know, with the Mario aesthetic, that's really all I wanted. But the technology here is really cool. I know we talked about this back when Jake went there the first time. You put on this helmet with a little screen in front of your eyes and it it's, it's augmented reality. It projects the other racers around your vision and the items, but the actual ride is kind of just a, It's moving through this area kind of slowly and you just have to look around and what you're looking at, you can shoot at. And so it's just a lot of chaotic trying to shoot the Bowser team because of that. It's hard to focus on anything else on how pretty the things might be around you. You're really just kind of looking for who do I shoot with my shells? And I really struggled to even shoot because you're holding the steering wheel which there's some timed events where you need to try to turn it at the right time. And there's also these little triggers on the steering wheel to fire your shells. But again, you shoot where you are looking, but it's where your head is facing. And a lot of times I'm just looking with my eyes. And <laughs> then I'm also trying to aim with the steering wheel I found myself doing instead of my <laughs> head. And so it just, I felt like, ah, oh, I, need, I need to do it again. Let this, I, this was a warm up. I need to try again. But then the ride was over.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very interesting ride. I think it could have been done differently. I would have enjoyed definitely more of a immersive experience as opposed to like a competitive one. Yeah, it's all you're focusing on, mm-hmm. and like maybe I was just hyped up on the first time. The first time I did it, like, and that's why I loved it so much. This time around, mm-hmm. it did feel a little more disappointing as beautiful as the theme is and all the animatronics are, it, it relies a little too much on the VR uh, element. Uh huh. Like you said, it would have been a lot cooler if it was a roller coaster or something fast where you can mm-hmm. focus on the scenery. Yeah.
0: But, but hey, regardless, still cool. it, yeah, the, the presentation of this park is just insane. And I know we were talking about this while we were there. It's like Nintendo is sitting on its own Disney world, And it's just not pulling the trigger where they could build a park, a legitimate theme park, all based off Nintendo instead of just the Mario spot. Add your Hyrule, add your animal crossing town, add a a space ride with Samus. Like that would destroy, like they would be printing money more than they already are. Like (laughs) it would work so well. And I know they are adding on that Donkey Kong Zone coming out next year. Maybe it just keeps going. Maybe they just completely engulf Universal and it's like, all right, this is our park now.
2: And it just turns <laughs> into
0: Nintendo Park because they absolutely could. And I wish they would. Who
1: knows? Maybe in the next few years, that's what we'll get. We'll get these extra additions and it'll be bigger and better than it ever has been. Yeah, We'll have an actual Nintendo world.
0: Oh, man, that sounds so cool that was the only time we really spent in osaka and i did really like osaka and in the future i'd probably like to stay there longer and and see what more it has to offer but we did hit up a super potato in the morning and that was really cool they had a lot of good stuff on display i ended up buying a boxed version of super mario world on super nintendo Though I didn't pull the trigger on actually buying a Super Nintendo over there. Mm. I think maybe I'll do that next time. No, I will. I'll do it next time. I'll bring bring one. And I just couldn't believe how good these boxes looked. But also just the art of them. The Japanese Super Nintendo box art is so much better than what we have over here. Mm. Just because it's like, it's full cover. The whole thing's yellow. Mario's the focus in the middle. While our version, it's got like the black frame around the the right and bottom side of the box. And mm-hmm. then it's got like this little text box on it that just looks like someone pulled this up on PowerPoint and went insert text and like typed some weird text there. Because <laughs> I thought that legitimately when one of my arcade cabinets I was building, I was putting Super Nintendo box art on the sides and I started looking at these and I was like, did someone edit these? Why is this crappy little text box here? Like this doesn't look right. And then I started like Googling <laughs> the the pictures. I was like, oh, they always looked like this. Why? Who decided that? <laughs> Actually, I'm going to pull that up. It Let's stylish. see. What's the box say? There's just this little box on the right-hand side that kind of overlaps the picture a little bit, and it says explore nine worlds and 96 levels of nonstop action. Hmm. That's not good to be there. <laughs> it's very concise. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, moving on. From there, we went on to Kyoto. And yes. Kyoto was beautiful. A lot more historical than what we had been seeing so far, besides Asakusa And started off with going to the Fushimi Inari Shrine. Mm -hmm. And this is a staple. If you're going to Japan, you have to go here. That's just, that's how it is. It's a piece of history you have to see. Yes. There are Tori Gates upon Tori Gates, lining these paths all the way up this small mountain that we hiked up, did so many steps I can't believe how much we walked on this trip and the fact that I was fine, <laughs> that I didn't have like leg rash and uh, bad knees. I was fine on this whole trip somehow. But mm. this was really cool besides how many people there were. And again, yeah, it's it's just something historic that you have to, to see. And I believe... Yes. Although there are lots of different sizes of Tory gates, most of which you're walking under. There's also just little ones that are laying about. In total, there's over like 32,000 of these gates Mm -hmm. in this area. And it's just really awesome to get to experience that. Yes, indeed. Not much more to say about it other than it's exactly what you think it is. If you've seen pictures, you know what I'm talking about. You should look it up or, uh, you know, I honestly didn't post much on Instagram. Like I said, I would. (laughs) Lindsay was posting all these pictures on Facebook and just tagging us. I was like, ah, that's fine. Uh, Yeah, I don't need to upload the same pictures. So some travel advice
1: for anyone who goes there, climb and explore. Everyone Mm -hmm. that does come, which it's usually a lot because it's very touristy, sticks on the same main path. And they usually give up around halfway to the top. Yeah. Go out into different directions. There are side little uh, streets, side little roads, little shrines, Mm -hmm. kind of off the beaten path. That's where you'll get the good pictures and the good kind of quieter experience, which is what we did. Yeah. There's a lot more to see there than that main path. So explore. That's my advice to you if you go visit. (laughs) Just do so respectfully. Yes,
0: definitely. Don't touch
1: things. Don't uh, move things. Just, you know. Don't be like
0: the dumbass Irishman behind us who was jumping up and smacking the Tory gates.
1: Yeah, that's very disrespectful. A lot of uh, Uh, crazy
0: tourists. Yeah. So after that, I actually don't remember. What was the shrine we went to go see that was all lit up? That was... Oof. Uh, There's so many. Let me get the name really fast. While he Googles that, there's this shrine in the edge of Kyoto that kind of overlooks the whole city that is gorgeous and lit up wonderfully at night and it even has like searchlights pointing into the sky it's surrounded also by these cherry blossoms and it was just a a very pretty experience so what was that? Kiyomizu. Kiyomizu. Yep. So highly recommend except we walked so far to get there.
1: Yeah, we did. But the view was worth it. <laughs> yeah. It was really cool. After that, we kind of just uh, crashed that night. and Oh, yeah. Didn't we leave the next day? So we the next to day, Tokyo. we went to the bamboo, bamboo forest. Oh, that's right. We went to the bamboo forest. And we got to climb
0: and see monkeys. Yeah. Again, way too many people. And then <laughs> the bamboo forest was fine. Yeah, it's kind of a staple, and you see it in a lot of pictures, but... You don't have to go. It, there was so many people there, and once you're in it, it's just like, yep, that's bamboo. <laughs> uh, so then, after that, though, yeah, Jake's like, hey, there's this little place we can go. There's monkeys, and you didn't really describe it to us at all what to expect. It's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> we'll see. We'll go see some monkeys, and then we buy our tickets and and get into this area. You immediately see this sign. It's like it's a twenty minute hike, and Jake left that out it oh. says nothing about yeah. this and then also this is a 20 minute hike way uphill way 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 uphill so you're kind of just going up these switchbacks up the small mountain essentially just being like what the heck jake and it was hot it was hot that day and uh i'm just thinking is this even gonna be worth it is it just gonna be like this is quote an area where monkeys live and you just might see some in a distant tree Uh, but no that is not what it is you get up to the top and there's this little house i guess This, this small building yeah and they are all over the place they're just like walking amongst your feet the whole time as you're going up the mountain there's all these warning signs of like don't make eye contact Don't do this. Don't do this. They will try to kill you. Don't do this. But no, you get up there and they're just used to all these people. Yeah. They're just like in your way. There's so many monkeys. It was cool. It's so cool. What kind of monkeys were they? Uh, They were Japanese macaques, also Mm. called snow monkeys,
1: kind of fluffy things.
0: Yeah. They're cute. There's a lot of little baby ones too, hanging out. Yeah. And it was worth the climb for sure. Mm. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. (laughs) So, I will say if you are there in Kyoto, go, go see those monkeys over the uh, bamboo forest. Yeah, definitely. Just make sure that you're ready for that hike beforehand. Yeah. Mm. I've warned you, unlike
1: Jake. Do not <laughs> warn us. <laughs> nope. After that, though, I think we went back to Tokyo mm-hmm. on the Shinkansen, right? And we traveled in
0: style. Yes. First we, class. We. <laughs> it's not that much more first class, but. We did buy tickets that were like $40 more than our initial tickets, and the seats were pretty darn comfy. So I did get a little bit of rest on the way back, and I got a very clear view of Mount Fuji as we drove by that, and that was very nice. (laughs) That was our time in Kyoto, then we just had one last day in Tokyo. so what did we do on our last day in Tokyo? I don't remember uh last day in Tokyo, oh, uh, we did go
1: to Kura again to get some sushi, yeah, of course, and we slept in, which was great.
0: Oh, we went to Nakano Broadway
1: ah uh, yeah, Nakano Broadway.
0: yeah, yeah. I was a little disappointed with that. oh yeah, <laughs> I guess initially when you put that on our itinerary you said like it was a good place for for souvenirs. Mm -hmm. And so I guess I was kind of expecting more of like a city market of just selling any and all things Japanese. Oh, yeah. And that's not what it is. It's actually just kind of a smaller version of Akihabara is really what it is. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Like a lot of luxury handbags and watches mixed in with like
0: just knickknacks and old Collectibles and stuff. Yeah, that was a little weird. It's like, why are why is there such high end stuff here, we, and then all this anime stuff? Yeah, <laughs> yep. But uh, we did see some cool things. That is where I got my Golden sixty four, and very happy with that. We uh, went to that little shop that had the anime cells. Mm-hmm. where You could buy like legitimate frames from your favorite animes. Uh, I know Jake at one point talked about. Uh, the one of Misty he has from Pokemon, yeah. And actually, I forgot to grab the uh, the Pokemon binder and see what they had in there. Mm. But there was some very cheap stuff. Then you grab the uh, you grab the binder for Dragon Ball Z, and I flipped to one that was just it was like uh, Goku as Super Saiyan, mm-hmm. and I think it was like sixteen hundred dollars <laughs> for that one frame. Jeez. Yeah. Yep. Definitely demand for that Dragon Ball Z stuff.
1: Yes, indeed. And there was uh, stuff from Studio Ghibli behind the glass that was, like, raging from, like, fifteen dollars to $16,000 a piece. Mm. But, like, Studio Ghibli is, like, considered the uh, most prestigious anime company in the world kind of thing. They produce yeah. Academy Award-winning stuff.
0: Actually, that reminds me, Jake.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We had a... An email asking what is our favorite Studio Ghibli production? I've actually not watched anything because I've I'm not super into anime, but I could be. Demon slayers get me there. <laughs> cool. But uh, what about you? What's your favorite? Uh, my favorite is
1: Spirited Away.
0: That would be my guess. I've I've heard yes. that is
1: really good. It is quite good, and it was uh, a very very solid one. That I think it was either nominated or won an Academy Award. For animation oh, wow cool yeah something like that i forget which one but uh also uh grave of the fireflies which is a very deep emotional one that makes me cry mm. every time
0: so i don't i don't want to cry
1: it, it, it's a world war ii piece if that says anything oh so yeah it's quite deep but okay they're both wonderful studio ghibli uh movies
0: uh, i just realized i forgot one thing in kyoto we went to an owl cafe Ah. And got to pet some owls. They were so cute. Yes, they were. Adorable. I did did feel bad for them. So what this owl cafe was, it was not just like sitting at a table, drinking coffee while owls walked around. It was just kind of like a a mini petting zoo (laughs) where you just had a loop you could walk and they're all on their respective branches and they are... Attached to that branch, they have a little foot cuff, uh, <laughs> keeping them there. Yep, but I did feel bad for them. It's like, oh man, how long are you just stuck in this spot? But at the same time, it's like, what else would they be doing? They'd just be standing by themselves anyway. Mm-hmm. And the people taking care of them were so nice, and they even had like little signs where every once in a while they'd put out a sign, and be like uh this one's taking a break don't touch him and i don't know it it did feel professional and it's like surely they you know have an active chain-free nightlife after they close because they (laughs) you know they close at like six so got the whole night to be free i hope at least within Hmm. their room or something yeah i wonder still it was really cool
1: got to pet an owl the size range was really nice, too. Like, there were teeny tiny ones the size of a
0: Beanie Baby. Mm-hmm. And there was that one big boy who was huge. There's two impressive. big boys. Yeah. Just, like, looking into their massive eyes was intimidating. Yeah. And their feathers are so soft. Yeah. It was
1: cool. Petting elves.
0: <laughs> that was it, Jake. I think that, that pretty much summarizes the trip, everything we did.
1: Yeah, the big stuff for sure. That was a pretty impressive trip and a pretty impressive description, I
0: got to say. <laughs> yeah, it was so great. I do want to go back. I do not want to get on a plane for another 13 hours, but <laughs> I, I do want to go back sometime soon. Who knows when, though? It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. But yeah, I encourage everyone
1: listening to visit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, just one thing I was thinking about, or I guess I think about this anytime I travel, just how little people actually travel. And for those of you listening, please travel. Do not Mm -hmm. stay in this country your whole life. Open up your mind. See how the rest of the world is, is living. It can be very scary to do so. It feels weird knowing that you cannot get home that you're physically so far from your house unless you get back on a plane. It it takes some getting used to. Mm -hmm. But travel is not necessarily this thing limited to those with money because Lindsay and I have been doing this for about five years now. Although we're making more money now, we certainly weren't making a lot of money then. And it is worth it it is worth putting money into travel. But really my, my advice is uh, people aren't poor. People have kids and that it's, that's, what's taking your money and your time. (laughs) So just when you have the opportunity, you need to take it. You just, you got to get out of here. You got to open up your horizons and it is so worth it. And this was very interesting being for the first time in a, country of a language we don't speak. We've been in a lot of English speaking countries in the past and I don't know what it'd be like if we did not have you to uh, do all the translating for us and that's part of what I want to do when I do go back is to actually do a little venturing on my own Yeah, just to, to figure that out. You know, luckily a lot of countries have English most mm-hmm. of Europe pe- a lot of the people speak English regardless of what country you're in it just it gets easier and easier. Technology just makes travels that much better in communicating with other people. Yeah. So anyway, it was really cool. And on top of that, just to now finally understand you better too, to know what's happening over there uh, instead of just this picture on my computer screen that I've been seeing <laughs> for three years, not really understanding, but to, to now to have actually slept in that cramped room that you're in and... To see what it's like for you to try to get to work every day and just what living there is really like is eye-opening and, I don't know, unforgettable. It's just awesome. The benefits
1: of travel and seeing the different parts of the world and uh, experiencing that. And you guys were very good tourists. Oh, so, you. <laughs> yes, you're very respectful. And I really appreciated how you, you know, actually started you know, using Japanese as well. The stuff that you did learn over here, that was really kind of cool ah, as well. Gozaimasu. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the, the secret under, uh, 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 unspoken rule of just saying gozaimasu as opposed to saying arigato gozaimasu. That's something that also is a bit of advice to share. Be a good tourist. Be respectful. Mm-hmm. Be considerate. That way, everyone, regardless of how big the crowds are, can enjoy it mm-hmm. individually. And We can all kind of enjoy it together because there's that just one outlier that can sometimes
0: screw up the experience. Absolutely. We all need to be more Japanese, be more polite and considerate. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Well, let's go ahead and end it here. Yeah, let's do it. So thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. I can't believe this finally happened after all this time of doing this podcast separated to finally go over there and uh, ironically not actually record a podcast while we were over there we were so exhausted mm-hmm. we actually said like let's do one and then anytime we had free time it's just like no I do not want to do that right now I'm so tired <laughs> but yeah, dream come true that it's finally got to happen definitely so with that My name's Cameron And my name's Jake And now I can finally say mina Sign Sayonara See ya